I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome, Vicki. What do you have for us today? Hi, Patty. Well, today I have a guest. Carol is with us. And she got a hold of me, as many of our guests do, on my fraud hotline. And I'm happy to give that number at the end of the show. But she called to tell me that she had been a victim of the romance scam. And, Patty, we've talked a lot about this before, but I don't think we have had an actual victim come on the show and kind of walk us through it and give us a step-by-step of what happens with these scammers and how they suck their victims in. And Carol, bless her heart, is willing to do this for us. So, Carol, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being willing to share and be our guest. I understand from what you've told me that your first contact with this scammer was online in some kind of a website. Go ahead and tell us how this all started. I went online on like a dating website. There were two websites that I might have been on at the same time. I started with one and then switched to another. Mm-hmm. And so that's how it first started. They first, they always like say, I like your picture or I like your profile. They say something intended to start the conversation. I like to cook, you know, or gardening, or they would say, oh, you know, I, I like to do those things too. Kind of feeling good about somebody that has the same interest as you do. They're trying to develop these commonalities ways that you have things in common that you like to do. Would that be a fair description? Yes. Yes. Okay. And how did it proceed from there? Well, they don't want to stay on the website too long texting back and forth. Most times they want your phone number. Then obviously it goes off of the website and then you start talking to one another or texting and talking or emailing. Okay. So how did it evolve from, oh, you both like to garden or you both like reading certain kinds of books to something a little more intimate or serious? We'd send each other pictures and, you know, comment about, um, you know, how nice you look or, you know, send me a picture of him out to dinner and, you know, just, we just kept talking and talking and I tell him how much he really liked me and loved me and, you know, I and I'm the one for him, and it keeps going on like that. He sent me some flowers and a balloon and a teddy bear, so it kind of just evolved fast, seems like. And it did evolve quickly. Like, what length of time between you, when you first got together on this website until it moved into he's sending you gifts? Uh, within a month. Within a month. Oh, that is, that is fast. That is yeah. fast. Yeah. He was very busy. He was always working on a contract. He was always in meetings, and so it was hard to spend a lot of time talking because either he was busy in meetings and call me later in the evening or whatnot. I wanted to meet in person, but there was no time left. He had to leave, like, the next day, you know. I'm like, you know, can't, and I kept trying to enforce, can't we meet someplace, you know? Right. um, Kept excusing that he had to leave. He had to, you know, immediately leave the flight, you know. He was leaving, you know. So was he portraying himself as some kind of a businessman, always yes, involved yes. in these meetings and contracts yes. and so forth, and 
then he yes. had to leave the country. Did that have to do with his business? Yes. And this job was going to be his last job, and then he's going to retire after this job. That was, that's what it was. Okay. Yeah, so Carol, then, when, then, when he sent the teddy bear in the balloons, did it come from the Santa Barbara area, or did you notice where it was? Um, I just wondered if the postmark showed where he was mailing it from. It just came with a card saying how much he loved me from a, a, a local florist that he'd you know, contracted. Like a local florist or something that yeah, yeah, came from yeah. here, but really he could have been anywhere. I get it. Okay. Right. And did he say things like, I want to spend my life with you, I want to build a life, I want us to be together, did yeah. that kind of conversation? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I All was right. the one. You were the one. And you were yep. going to build a life together, and uh, once he was done with this last contract, you were going to be together. Was that sort of the impression he gave you? Right. Did he say that? Yeah, yeah. And we're going to buy a house together, and he's going to take care of me, and da-da-da-da-da. This is a really important piece. They say, I'm going to take care of you, which is so appealing, right? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're going to have a life together. I'm going to take care of you. What started to happen after that? When he got to his destination, he was buying a certain quality of gold. Did he tell you what his destination was? Yes, Ghana. Ghana. Okay, so he was in Ghana and he was buying gold. The contract was with a jeweler, wanted this high quality of gold, and he had to get it in Ghana. In the mines, okay. Getting it from the mines in Ghana. Okay. So he went there and watched how they extracted it, watched how they formed it, and then he was going to have it shipped. What started to happen after that? Well, he thought he was going to be able to send it by airplane, mm-hmm. and the airlines wouldn't accept that amount of weight. Okay. It was a lot. It was a huge shipment. Then he had to go to the freight or what do you call it, cargo, where they ship by sea in the cargo containers. Yeah. That's what you call it. And then I have to pay out money that he didn't have to get this gold shipped or get the documents to get it shipped. Okay. And then it turned in like one disaster after another. It had to go through different ports, and every port wanted profit off of how much his value of the shipment was. Mm-hmm. And they wanted X amount of dollars. So he had to pay each port. And he didn't have this money for some reason? What excuse did he give you for not having the money? Well, he to... thought he was going to be able to ship it on the airplane. Ah. And it turned out he couldn't get it shipped on the airplane. Okay. And then so... he had to put it in storage because trying to get all this paperwork done to get it shipped. So he had one story after another after another, and I'm assuming that all along the way he's asking for you to front him oh. this money. Yeah. Was there a promise to pay you back? Or oh, yeah. Was, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's going to pay me back with interest and not to worry. He's going to take care of me, da-da-da-da-da. Okay. I'm assuming all this time the romance continued? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. He, he continued to he, sort of love bomb you, as we call it? Yeah. Reception sometimes wasn't good with the phones or break up. He couldn't hear me or I couldn't hear him. Connections were not always great. Did he have any kind of an accent? Yes, he did have an accent. Could you discern what it was? Well, I think his mother was American and his father was Italian. Okay. Um, European, yeah. Okay. So 
this whole time, were you continuing to have these conversations by phone, or were you also texting each other? Texting, a lot of texting. And, and then once in a while, there'd be the phone calls. You know, but some, that's where the reception wasn't always so good. So texting or emailing. Mm-hmm. So, What kinds of sums was he trying to get from you each time? What, what amounts of money are we talking about here? Some like 50000 10000 20000 Wow. You know, it, it was large dollars. That can that, add up pretty quickly. Yeah. How did he ask you to get it to him? There were different ways. Nothing went to him directly. It always went to somebody else. Oh, that's um, interesting. Yeah, because he didn't have an account. He wasn't a citizen of Ghana. He just had to have money sent to others. So there was different ways. There was sending Apple products. There was one didn't work. We went another way. That's a lot of money to try and get to another location. Yeah. And then banks would be suspicious or could only do so much. And then they had to change to something else. You know, it was always different things. That was going to be my next question. Did did uh, the banks ever try and dissuade you? Did they ever try and say, hey, are you sure you know what you're doing? Or did they try and intervene in any way? The first bank did. It was a small bank. They kept me in their office like for 45 minutes questioning me. And I was getting so frustrated. And then there was another bank. What I was doing is going from one branch to another to get the money because it's limited to $10,000 each bank. And right. then I go to each bank, and then time I got to the fourth branch, they questioned me, why was I doing this, and what was that money for? And then I just lied. I just continued on with lies, you know. Did he tell you what to say? Did he say, now the banks are going to question you, and here's what I'd like you to say, anything like yeah. that? Yeah, buying okay. furniture, doing you know different things. So he kind of gave you a script, something to yep. explain mm-hmm. these withdrawals. Mm-hmm. Huh. Wow. Yeah. And what I'm about just when you went? Sorry, this happened to you. It just is just yeah. awful. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. Just, so, when you went to get the Apple products, did anybody at the Apple stores question well, you? I'm assuming you were getting gift cards or something. Well, the gift cards, like credit card, I'd have to call back and get approval for it. There'd be a little conflict back and forth. But then it started with iPhones, shipping iPhones. Well, we did ah. two or three. Then when I bought a large shipment at the electronic store, the manager came out when they're loading the stuff in my car, and he said it didn't look right to him, didn't Uh feel right to him. And he he tried, and I just assured him everything was fine, and this stuff was being donated. So, Carol, at any point in time, were red flags starting to be raised? Well... Every time I went to go do something, there was always a pit in my stomach of being being questioned and how I was going to handle it. It was very stressful, very stressful. Mm-hmm. Did you ever you know, start I, to think, maybe these people are right, maybe this is a scam? I, I know. I've just like after I did that big shipment and, you know, and the FedEx people were questioning me and I had to get to this over a certain dollar. There's more approvals that need to be done. And it just was more red tape. It got more scary for me. But I didn't stop. It didn't stop. It was just like, I just need to do this one more thing and then he's going to be home. You know, he's going to be able to do that stuff. Yeah, why was he asking for iPhones? He needed to sell the Apple product there to get more money. That's interesting. So I'm assuming at some point in time you started to get suspicious, and at some point in time you started to realize he was a crook. How did that happen? 
Well, he was supposed to fly home and meet me, and he didn't show up at the airport. Ah, he gave you a flight and a time to meet him. He was on his way, supposed to be on the the airport, and he was going to call me, and he never called me from the airport in Ghana. And then he was supposed to call me when he got to Amsterdam, and then I didn't get a call or a text. I had the flight, at least at the ending point, the other ones. I think I did, but... What did you actually go out to the airport thinking that yes. he was going to get off the plane? What airport did you go to? Galita, Santa Barbara Airport. And I'm assuming, obviously, he was not there. He did not get off the yeah. plane. Yeah, my heart just bonkers. And then I called my cousin who did some travel agents as well. There's no way to check to see if he was on the plane. I didn't hear from him. So then I went home. I was just heartbroken. I, like my heart sunk. I talked to my cousin and and I talked to a friend. And told me that, you know, I got to tell my family. Yeah. And so then... And is that when you realized you'd been scared? Well, you probably when you heard yourself say it out loud to your family. It was heart-wrenching. It was just heart-wrenching. And and they couldn't understand how I could do something like that. Yeah. They just didn't understand it. Did he ever contact you again or try and contact you again? Yeah, it was supposedly his lawyer calling me like in the middle of the night that he'd been in an accident on the way to the airport. He got in a bad accident talking on his phone and he hit a car. Mm. He usually had the driver drive him, but he was driving himself to the airport. Uh And so he was in serious trouble. And then that needed more money because he needed to pay off the victim and, you know. So did you send any more money? Yeah, I sent more money. Yeah. What what made you finally stop? What what was it that finally... I ran, oh, really? really? yeah. I ran out of money. Oh, really? Really? I ran out of money. Otherwise, you would have probably continued to send. Yeah. Yeah. This is a scam that the bankers that we've talked to have said it's really hard to reach people because they truly believe that they're in a relationship right. and somebody cares about them. So it's not uncommon. I'm, it probably doesn't help, but it seems to happen, doesn't it, Vicki, where it's so heartbreaking because people think that they're in a real relationship and someone cares about them, and it's hard to convince them otherwise. And these people are professionals. They really mm-hmm. know what they're doing. They know exactly the right things to say to make you believe it's very easy to get sucked in. Mm-hmm. Well, Carol, I, I feel terrible about what happened to you, but I really appreciate the fact that you came on our show and were willing to share step by painful step what happened to you because maybe somebody listening to the show will have one of those aha moments and go, oh, you know what? This is sounding terribly familiar. Mm -hmm. Perhaps I'm in the middle of one of these relationships and I need to really think about what I'm doing. Or it will warn people off. And one of the red flags, by the way, is when you're on these dating sites, if the other person wants you to leave the site quickly and move into phone contact, that is a big red flag. That is a big red flag. And, of course, the first time they ask you for money, that's the second big red flag. At that point in time, you know that you are in the hands of a scammer. But, of course, you were innocent and you believed and he was very skillful in what he was doing. And so you got, unfortunately, sucked in. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I really am very grateful for you for coming on the show and sharing your story. I wanted to say that 
family and friends, you know, warn me about, you know, like the Dr. Phil show, about the people that are on there, the scams, the things that have happened to them, but just don't want to believe it. They just don't want to believe it. Yeah, mm-hmm. so true. Yeah. Well, it's very brave of you to share your story today, Carol, and we can't thank you enough. And as Vicki say, our hope is that someone will hear these warning signs yeah. and either not engage with one of these devious charmers, or if they yeah. see the warning signs, they'll, they'll recognize them. So we can't thank you enough. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Carol. Thank you so much. Bye-bye now. Take okay. care. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. I do have some good news, Patty, but first let me share this cartoon that I just happened to be looking at because it seems so apt. The caption is, she met him online. He said he lived in a gated community. And the picture is the inside of a prison with all kinds of, yeah, rows and rows of cells. So, yeah, it just underscores you never know who these people are or where they're calling from. But anyway, on with the good news. So this again comes from the FBI Department of Justice. This is about a federal grand jury who returned a 20-count indictment against two folks living in California, and they were charged with credit card fraud and aggravated identity theft. These two crooks used counterfeit credit and debit cards to make fraudulent cash withdrawals of over $200,000 at various ATMs in the Fresno area and in Southern California. And apparently the counterfeit cards were created using cardholder information that was stolen by those skimming devices that can be installed at various gas stations. So we always tell people, don't use your debit card if you have to use a credit card at all at a gas station. And if anything looks kind of fishy about where you're inserting your card, go inside the station and don't use the very convenient credit card application right at the pump. But at any rate, these folks are facing about 10 years in prison. So occasionally we do catch up with these crooks. Thank you, FBI, and that's the good news for today. Well, Vicki, that is certainly good news. It seems to me that at least they're catching up with some of these scammers. So that that's is right. great news. I'm happy to hear that. If anyone is worried about a loved one, a friend or a family member, or suspicious that there may be a scam that's being perpetrated on themselves, how can they get a hold of you? My number is area code 805-568-2442. And once again, 805-568-2442. Well, thanks everybody for tuning into Scam Squad. Shows are posted after airing at hub4podcasting.com. And then there's a graphic that says Scam Squad, so you can listen to all sorts of episodes and really educate yourself about the kinds of scams that are out there. So thank you so much for tuning in. Until next week, bye-bye now. Bye, Patty. Thank you.